The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement How long before gift? a wedding should I send out How many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search podcast. And today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friend Tyson Stockton, who is the co-founder and educational partner at Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses scale organic search traffic and educate their organizations. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's an episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Tyson Stockton from Previsible. Hey, my name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing local SEO. Joining me today is Carl Kleinschmidt, who is the VP of SEO Strategy at Local SEO Guide. Local SEO Guide is a 100% SEO-focused consultancy obsessed with positive SEO results and taking care of the humans that are our clients and fellow team members. Today, Carl and I are going to be diving into the topic of local SEO. And specifically, we're going to be talking about local versus national intent. All right, here's my conversation with Carl Kleinschmidt, the VP of SEO Strategy at Local SEO Guide. Carl, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. I know, I know. It's always good to keep the conversation going with you. I mean, I'm sure some of the listeners know that we've worked together in the past and have stayed connected since then. And 
I'm interested to jump into the topic of local SEO. Like um, for myself personally, it's something that I've touched on, but it hasn't been like a core focus kind of in my background within the local like space. Had a few clients here and there, but not kind of the main focus. So I'm really interested to hear kind of your perspective on this and what's some of the differentiation within local that we don't see in maybe like national pieces. So to start it off, like what would you characterize some of the biggest differences between local versus national intent? The biggest difference is, is Google going to show city or state-specific results or does it show the same results no matter where in the US you are within reason? And so there are terms that are really interesting where you do not include the city, such as I think banker is a good example, where if you search for bank or banker, you're going to see cities specific results that are dependent on where Google thinks you are. So if I was working as an SEO for a bank and I want to rank for the term bank, if I write the greatest content of all time for the term bank and get a ton of links to it, the chances that I rank are relatively low because the intent is Google thinks you're looking for a bank near you. Even if you don't type it, there are keywords where Google is assumes that intent. And so what you need is city or state-specific results. You can sometimes get away with a generic near me page, but you need a lot of authority to rank well for that. It happens relatively rarely that if you have nothing else other than a dynamically near me page, that you rank well for local terms. Right. And what are kind of like the signals or identifiers that you're using for those? Because I, I mean, when I've kind of, you know, done some more general kind of like education pieces on this, I would use the example of like pizza in the same way that you're using kind of like bank or something like US history that's like, okay, it doesn't really matter where you're located, you're going to likely be served like the same content. What are you using or what recommendations would you have to identify what are those terms that are maybe not as obvious as some that have like a more significant local factor? So the simple way, and then there's the complex way that's more comprehensive. The simple way is Google it and look if the results that you're seeing are city-specific. There are basically two indications. And so I sometimes differentiate between semi-national, national, and local, where or semi-local, semi-national are basically the same thing, where you see national website results, but you see lo- a local pack. And then local is the web page results are city-specific. And then national is all the website results are national and there is no map pack. So you can do that. We at LSG have basically built a tool where we can put in any keyword and it collects the ranking for that keyword for the top one up to, I think, a thousand cities and then sees is the name of the city inside of the URLs or the titles. So we can instantly determine how local a keyword is. You can do the same thing by going to any person that does any website that does ranking checks for you. 
assuming they can do city-specific ranking checks. And by city-specific ranking checks, I don't mean putting the city in the search query, but geo-targeting yourself to that city and not including the city in the search query. That's the important part. Because if you include the city or put near me, it's almost always going to be local. I've never actually like seen national results. I'm sure you could come up with some sort of query where there's national results if you include near me or geo, but it's important for the ones where you don't include those. And maybe on that piece, because I know some other SEOs, instead of taking the extra time to set up like specific rankings from whatever location, they'll use maybe like one project or one setting for national and then just throw in the location modifier on top of the query. Yeah. Have you came across any kind of like pitfalls or potential risk of interpreting the data wrong if instead of actually pulling the rankings for location, you're just using like a location modifier and part of the query? I've seen yes, because there are can be weird outliers in cities. I've seen, especially if you don't use a major city or if you're trying to rank for nail salons and in that specific city that you're currently not are in, there are no nail salons or no one has created pages for nail salons in that city. That's not as much the case. I think I have just had a lot of bad experiences when you just search for the terms because a lot of the ranking sites will, it almost seems like they are, you're forcing Google to show you results that don't include locations. And then those results are way off. Right. And so I like to do, at a minimum, I would do like five or ten, like even if you just do like LA, Chicago, like five of the biggest cities. It's worth those additional four credits to double check it because there could be weird situations. You don't always have to go to, like we do 500 to 1,000 almost every single time because we work with a lot of multi-location chains and they have to know where the opportunities lie and who are their competitors. That's the other big thing when you do multiple cities. You can see who the domains are that appear in many other cities that are your main competition for those terms. Because if it's mostly local results, you don't know who your competition is or they're all your competition and that's going to make keyword research a lot more problematic. And so if you, the more cities you do, the better understanding you get of the landscape for that individual keyword. And I guess we're kind of like deep diving into like more of like the performance and measurement aspect of this. But from that scenario of, and again, and this is something that I've done in the past where it's like, oh, create more of like a sample of local markets that I want to compare that variance with. And so on one hand, you have the situation that you're using a sample, let's say 5, 10, whatever it is. And then another one, maybe it's exhaustive, maybe it's not, but it's in that really high significant volume of, depending on the size business, maybe every location or thousand, several hundred locations. Have you caught a lot of pitfalls or kind of like misinterpretations if it's just basing off like a sample set of cities? Especially if you use larger cities, the results are going to be odd, right? Like, for instance, if you're 
trying to rank for any sort of service, right? Yelp is going to be one of your biggest competitors. But for the large cities, there are often demo uh, category plus city-specific domains. And so, for instance, for LA, I don't know, gyms, right? There are going to be a lot of gyms in LA that have invested heavily into SEO and could push Yelp to page two. And I don't know if that's the case, but I'm making it up as an example. And so if you have a limited of results, you could make the assumption, oh, I'm going to be able to dominate here because everyone else is city-specific. And I'm going to take a national approach. And so if you only pick a few cities, you could go into that pitfall. The other thing is... If you do more cities, you're going to find variety in title tags and related keywords. Because especially the smaller the city gets, the more variety in URLs you're going to have ranking on page one. And you're going to find some interesting opportunities where if you're a national chain and you want to rank in every single city, or you're a business directory that wants to rank in every single city, you're going to have a lot of opportunities for finding related keywords based on what URLs are currently ranking them. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Right. And so, I mean, let's move forward a little on this in the sense of we went through, we identified both like the volume of cities or places that we're checking. We've identified queries that have a location-specific element to it. You gave a kind of beginning of the conversation, you gave the recommendation of, hey, you need location-specific, state-specific URLs for it, not just a catch-all kind of near me unless the authority is super high. But what other, are there other factors or things from like an intent perspective that you would alter on a local versus national targeted page? In local SEO, there's this concept called NAP. So name, address, phone number. If you have a 
physical locations, it's really important to put those on those pages. I have now done multiple SEO projects where people have tried to rank for local intent keywords without having physical locations. And I can tell you it's five to 10 times as hard. So if you're going to try to rank for local keywords, either be ready for a lot of effort and a lot of money, or pick pages where you can put name, address, phone number on them. So you can prove your local business because it gets really hard otherwise. You have to do a lot of convincing that you fit that intent. And as far as the format or structure of putting that on the page, any best practices or recommendations that you would have for how that information is being included on the page? Schema will is the best practice there. Just claim a local yeah, local business schema. At a minimum, put name, address, phone number, and I think URL is also required. Just use the required fields for local business and put that on the page. That allows you to also put the name, address, phone number closer to the bottom of the page if required. Right? Like if you're writing content that's city specific and it's somewhat dynamic, but you do have a physical location, but it's not the main focus of the page, you can put it on the bottom of the page and then claim the entire page as a local business schema. And you should have good results from that. Excellent. Now, one space in an area that I know that you spend a fair amount of time on like the e-commerce side. And so you have obviously some of the large e-commerce players, some that are pure internet only, no storefront, and some that have maybe your blend. So like your Best Buys, your Macy's, Kohl's, what have you. On those, do you see additional local opportunity? And maybe let's stay within like home furnishing where you have a bit more of a blend of intent than something like, I don't know, running shoes. That's for the most part, like typically like pretty national focused. Do you see additional opportunities? And again, we could take a variety of different categories or fields, but do you see additional opportunity for large enterprise businesses that also could expand rankings or possibly even stack rankings if they had a local and then also a national kind of version of a page? So e-commerce is a really interesting space because over the last, I want to say 12 months, I think it happened, started happening last year, Google has been pushing local listings back on a lot of generic e-commerce, right? Like, so it used to be when you search something like shoes, the number one would be a website that sells shoes. Now, the number one result below the ads is Google Maps. And so if you're a company that... An on internet-only company that sells products where Google is now showing Google Maps, you have a pretty hard challenge, especially on mobile, right? Like if you combine Google My Business and popular product... I would put my priority, like my effort elsewhere for terms like that. And on the other hand, it creates a huge opportunity for sites that also have local locations because you can, in the locations that are linked in your GMBs, or they're called GBP now, you can do featured products, for instance, or link to the category pages for your top categories of products that you're selling, right? Like 
I'm looking right now at the results for shoes near me, and DSW is ranking in first place. Their homepage is also ranking in first place by a website, but their GBP is also ranking in first place. And so they could, for instance, put links from their location page. And so, for instance, they feature brands on their location pages. I'm guessing they also somewhere feature categories or at least have them in the main nav. And so they are taking advantage of the fact that they have local locations and they are also featuring products in their GBPs, right? Like you will see, see what's in this store and there they can feature their top products. And that's not even paid. That's not ads. It's look, it's called, I think it's called local inventory. And that can make you stand out even more. And you're creating more, I don't know, I'm guessing they're not creating links, but you get this Google storefront product pages that exist for those products that you tell Google about. I think that's a great recommendation and something that personally, I've just haven't seen a ton of businesses embrace. I came across similar scenarios within kind of like furniture, things like sofa, couch, big furniture items or things that have a greater chance that someone's going to want to go into a store. And then seeing that some of the larger brands were losing ground to some more local specific kind of content with it. So, I mean, I think that's a great recommendation and thing to just keep on the radar for businesses. Even if you don't view yourself as an entirely local, you can have ways of further capitalizing on this opportunity. Definitely. All right, Carl, we hit a lot on this. Maybe if you can just give the listeners a quick kind of like recap of the big takeaways that they need to keep in mind for local versus national. So the number one recommendation is if you're thinking about creating content for a keyword, spend the 10 seconds to see if there are local results. Ideally, you check rankings for multiple cities, but at least check if there are city-specific results there. If there are, you should most likely also be creating city-specific results. If there are not city-specific results, you should be creating national content. That's the other thing that sometimes happens is clients come to me and say, like, we built this entire directory for these, this keyword. And then I look at the keywords and it's not city-specific. So before you build an entire directory for a keyword, make sure that the keyword has local intent. If the keyword does have local intent, make sure to create city-specific content with, that includes name, address, phone number with local business schema. And if you're an e-commerce company, make sure that you take local into consideration and keep the SERP element of Google Maps in consideration because it could be pushing down your website and even popular products even further down the page. Excellent. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Carl Kleinschmidt, VP of SEO Strategy at Local SEO Guide for joining us. In part two of this interview, which will be published tomorrow, Carl and I are going to continue the conversation around local and dive into city-specific pages. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Carl, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company's website at localseoguide.com. 
Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. Music.